It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey everybody, we're back. WFO Radio after a very rare Wednesday off. We're back on Thursday. We got two shows today coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Erica Enders will be back with us. And on this show, you're going to hear from Matt Hagan and you're going to hear from Dickie Venables. One or the other or together, we're getting connected. Crew chief and driver, they've won world championships together. They are the reigning world champions. And they got it done out there at the Midwest Nationals in St. Louis. So that's coming up. Share the show. Be ready if you love NHRA drag racing. Like, let the world know. Did you know that today, today, right now, today is International Podcast Day? You know, there's Father and Daughter Day, and there's all these different days. Well, today is International Podcast Day. So if you're going to share the show, share with that hashtag, International Podcast Day, and uh, let somebody new know about WFO Radio, like you like drag racing or nhra drag racing or motorsports or nascar f1 or sports or if you just like to be generally entertained by somebody who's a little silly every now and again international podcast day share a little wfo radio and we'll try to grow this audience baby we're going to try to grow it and the audience too that's what i'm talking about we're going to have dickie venables we're going to have matt hagan a couple of seconds from now so uh or maybe it'll just be dickie because I see him down there already. Dickie is ready to go. Typical crew chief, right? He's in there. Meanwhile, the drivers are coming in last second. But I got to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to do this show. Like, I couldn't do the show if Total Seal Piston Rings wasn't a sponsor of ours. TotalSeal.com. The leader in ring seal technology. Naturally aspirated. Supercharged. Factory showdown. Stock eliminator. All the way up to F1. Total Seal fits the rings and help you unlock that hidden horsepower in your engine. And we've got a hidden horsepower record session coming on. There's Matt coming on. I see him uh, real soon, real soon. So be ready. Also, samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed like the next generation of crew members, CNC programmers, motorsport EFI tuners, or traditional machinists who run the machines and make it all happen, make that power happen, samtech.edu. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill, and I've got a lot going on. Also, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. The Dragster Adventure is what I think you guys should do because, you know, watching drag racing and actually drag racing are two totally different things, and you'll get a renewed concept of what it's all about if you drive one of Frank's dragsters. You show up with nothing, just the clothes on your back, you leave with an experience of a lifetime, frankhawley.com. And then there's my friend Marvin Rodak from Fort Worth, Texas. The coffee, the hot sauce, the spice rub, the grilling. He's got it all. He's been on TV. He's a grillmeister, baby. And he can even make a special blend of coffee for you, for your team, for your business. Give him a call, 817-924-6821. That's Marvin Rodak. A little later on in the show, I will tell you how to uh, get your own WFO stickers for free or WFO radio face coverings or gear, all that stuff. Uh, but right now, we got the reigning champ. We got the points leader, Matt Olkagan, who is, what is he, getting gas? He's filling up his tank? What are you doing, Matt? Matt, I'm uh. Yeah, I'm getting a little gas. I'm down here in West Palm Beach, man, and, uh, you know, just uh, hanging out, enjoying life, enjoying the sun, and uh, just taking a few days off for myself, you know? You are about one hour north of me in the WFO studios. You should have just come down live. You should have just come down for yeah, a live man, I didn't know that. I'm in Jupiter, so just kind of hanging out a little bit. The, the we- I can understand why you like to be down here, man. The weather is just absolutely beautiful. And, uh, well, little, little it just beat nice 
it just changed. It did summer just ended and you're getting the good weather. All right, before we go any further, look who look who's on, Matt. Look who else we got. The man, the myth, the legend, Dickie. Dickie <laughs> you never see you guys together. You're in the car. Dickie's on the starting line. I'm talking to you at the stripe. I'm talking to Dickie on the starting line. Matt does most of the interviews. I wanted to hear from you guys together because what I just witnessed this past weekend was just an awesome team victory. And I bet you both have different and similar perspectives on it. So, Matt, start me off. Just like, what's it like to work with this guy? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not – not just saying it to say it, but Dickie's brilliant when it comes to uh, drag racing and tuning these things. And he's been around it his entire life. You know, I mean, when you talk to his dad about it and how he come up around it with Tobler and everybody else, I mean, there's nothing that replaces gut instinct like Dickie has. And being a good racer on Sunday is uh, really a lot. You know what I mean? Like Dickie is a is a great racer on Sunday. I mean, he he pushes as hard as he can, but always not too hard. And we always, you know, we, we have a reputation of being really extremely fast, but going down the racetrack. And that to me is, is racing on Sunday. You know, there's a lot of guys that can go out there and open all the flows and hope it goes, but you know, knowing where the bumps are and knowing <laughs> to, to pinch flows in here and there and knowing how much primary to put on it and all the calls and all the chatter that's in my ear. Um, it just, it's incredible what, what this, this guy has to deal with all the times. So I have, respect for him for what he's doing out there and how things are going you know wow no it's great to hear you say that what about uh from your perspective dicky to work with matt you guys have won two championships together reigning champs points leaders great win this weekend we'll ask some specific details but what's it like to work with this guy well you know it's it's really a pleasure you know the, the last time i really worked long term uh with the driver as far as me being crew chief was with Tony Pendercon. We had a pretty good long run there together, but uh, this run here with Matt, you know, we've won 30 something races together. And uh, you know, that's, uh, that's hard to do out here and you don't do it without a great team and a good driver. And uh, you know, I just know when we go up there, I mean, I worry about, you know, the race car. I don't even think about how it's being driven because that's just something he does so well. So, um, you know, just real fortunate to, to be able to, to do what I love to do. Like Matt said, I grew up around it. You know, my dad used to race and, um, you know, it was just kind of a fun thing to do back then or hobby racers, you know, and, um, uh, I would have had no idea 40, you know, somebody who said, you're going to be doing this 40 years later for a living. I'd have told them they were nuts, you know, but, uh, real fortunate. Um, you know, it's all about the team, you know, and, uh, it's from the driver right on down, but working with Matt, you know, I don't think I could ever equal this run that we've had together as far as winning races. It has been imp impressive. And Matt, feel free to jump in. If you got something to say to Dickie also, like in the end, people want to hear you guys talk to each other, not so much me, but uh, to me, qualifying, qualifying isn't always super entertaining. This was a super entertaining qualifying session because of the swapping of the of back and forth of that of that lead, knowing that the whoever gets number one spot is going to get a buy run on Sunday, there was something of value out there, basically a free twenty points in a championship battle. So you guys wanted to take that top spot, and the Friday night run was amazing, and the Saturday night run was even more amazing. You know, if you like funny cars. Yeah, I mean, I'll let Dick take that one because I mean, he was just it was it was a throwdown. I mean, as a slugfest. I mean. 
you know, Dickie went up there with the mentality of, hey, we're going to run an 86, and it went up there and did that, you know. And, and I mean, look at Caps right that's running. It shows you how, how competitive, like Dickie said in the lounge, he's like, it just shows you how good the track was, you know, to, to have that type of, uh, you know, close competition and qualifying and, and these, these crew chiefs and drivers be able to throw down the way they did out there. I mean, it was NHR is doing a great job of putting on a, on a great show for our fans right now by allowing the glue to be there and in the track prep, you know, Dickie. Yeah. You know, qualifying, it was fresh in my mind, you know, last year we ran 88 in the final round against Tommy Johnson and we lost, you know, um, Conditions vary track to track, but it always sticks in my mind. There's certain tracks that, you know, you remember things about. And and St. Louis is one that that track's good, you know, and the way NHRA is preparing the track now, I knew it would be good. And, you know, the, the performance of all, really all the cars showed that. And, uh, you know, we just, those little points are important. And we were just fortunate to be able to go out and, and, collect a couple of them there on Friday. And then I think we did real well there Saturday. And, uh, you know, it was just when the conditions are like that, that's what I like, you know, I mean, I like to be aggressive when, when the time's right, you know, and, uh, it was just that situation where the car's running well and you got a lot of confidence in it. And, uh, you know, you just roll up there and you try and push as hard as you can without tipping it over, you know? Well, you did just that. You got that number one spot. Go ahead, Matt. I just want to say this has been a super fun car to drive because the guys are doing such a great job on putting the car together. You know, they've got nothing falling off the car and, you know, they're just, they're out there making the turns and, you know, within 30, 35 minutes, they're, they got it bolted together and firing back up. I mean, and it's just getting to be like a really well-oiled machine. And then you get Dickie that, that gets to throw down out there and, and really make those calls of how hard I can push it and different things like that. And it just makes it such a fun race car to drive because, you know, crawling into that car, I've never won in St. Louis, you know, and it's been 13, 14 years now, I guess, you know, but crawling into that car on Sunday, you just have that feeling of like, no matter how fast somebody goes, we have an opportunity to go faster. And if I leave on time or leave on them, then we're going to turn the wind light on because, you know, Dickie's going to, you know, kind of, he's always going to run as hard as he can, but but not over the center kind of thing, you know, and it's just like, that was just such a great feeling on Sunday to crawl in there going like, I think we win this thing on Sunday, you know, and, and haven't had that happen in, in a long time in my career, you know, and so to pull that one down and to, to have a car that's running so good and so consistent, it's just, that's, that's just a fun feeling, you know? I can imagine. And, and you know, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, let's talk about it now, since you brought it up. Uh, these guys, Alex, Mike Knutson, uh, they, they, and I know the team, like there's a, a larger team, but to me, uh, I see those guys together all the time, always thinking about drag racing, always working on drag racing, ego involved. Like we want to kick some ass, excuse me for saying that, but like, that's the attitude. Like they are feeling it every second of the day. And I think that's pretty amazing. And I'm not saying other teams don't have that. They certainly do, but I've been studying these guys for a while and they are, uh, like you said, Matt, like a gelled organized team and uh, I would like to hear you guys, you know, talk a little bit about them because I don't know that everybody knows those two. Of course, every every team has got a whole unit that works together. And if anybody doesn't do their job, it doesn't go down the racetrack. But like Matt's the driver, 
you know, Dickie's the crew chief, and these two are like the capos, right? They're like the two, uh, you know, it's a mob term, but you get it. <laughs> Dickie, you want to take that one since you kind of pieced everybody together? Yeah, yeah sure. You know, it's uh, real fortunate to have guys like, like Alex and Stretch, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we each have certain jobs. They pretty much take care of the day-to-day -day stuff and, and try to, you know, let me focus on the race car and, and that's huge. And, uh, you know, they, they're a huge part of what we do as a team for sure. Um, you know, on, on race day or at the racetrack, you know, when it comes time to making the final calls up there, when you go to make a run, you know, we got stretch out there, at the you know, looking at 300, 400 foot area. Alex is up there at the start line area and I'm listening to them on the radio. I don't really don't talk that much. They just relay information to me and then we end up making a final decision, you know, but it's real important to have that track data. And then it's also important to know that you have guys that are going to take care of the rest of the crew as far as managing them and, you know, guiding them and, and, organizing and uh that way they do everything without making mistakes and have all their parts and pieces in order and uh it just takes a tremendous load off of me and uh well, they and I'll, I'll say this so what I've, I've got to see over the years and i guess we've been racing together what six seven years now maybe eight years dicky um you know maybe even longer than that i don't know but over the years i've seen dicky nine years yeah so there's you know a lot of crew chiefs won't sit down and take the time to to teach these assistant crew chiefs or they got to kind of just pick it up whenever they can and what i've really seen over the years is that dickie's taking the time to explain everything to mike to really really show him to to allow him to grow as a as an assistant crew chief you know but if he has a question he explains it to him he's been a a really good teacher you know and and mike is a really fast learner right like he's super smart he's great with numbers um you know so dickie has taken the time to do that but mike's taking on the role of okay like i, I want to learn as much as i can and be the sponge you know and and he's doing a great job i think i think dickie's been you you gotten sick twice or something like that and and mike's two two and oh or something like that you know so he, he kind of brags about that but obviously working off of dickie's notes and everything else but you know, to uh, to see Mike grow as a assistant crew chief uh, has been huge, you know, but a lot of it's been because Dickie sat down and taking the time to to really, you know, teach him and train him and, and giving those gut decisions that you just don't get, you know, um, from just being there such a short amount of time. And then Alex is just one of those guys is at the shop. He's selling parts and pieces for Don and trying to make extra money and learning as much as he can and comes up in the lounge and he's learning extra stuff from Mike as well. And 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 dicky you know and and he you almost see alex is like 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 dicky's kid man like he like alex wants to make dicky proud so much you know what i mean and he does anything that he can to do it you know what i mean you could just see it you know if, if something goes wrong it's just like it's you know it's the worst thing in the world he's like oh my god i disappointed dicky you know what i mean but but that's that type of mentality and that that brotherhood and that that want to make people proud kind of thing that work ethic that makes this team so good you know i mean and we do have a great team like those, those three guys there are core but you know great guys are wrenching on the car that brings so much to the table and you know we're talking about championship stuff and everybody's like how do you deal with the pressure and what do you do 
but there's really, you know, when you minimize the pressure, it's like, what do you have control over? I mean, I believe in trusting each and every one of my guys. So I don't even think about that. So like when I, when we talking about championship hunt and worrying about all the stuff, it's like, what do we really have control over? And if we focus on that and Dickie focuses on his deal and Mike's doing his, and you know, you really don't have a whole lot of control over, but so much stuff. And, and when you, you minimize that, that pressure and don't worry about anything else, it's, it kind of takes all the pressure away. So I know my guys are going to do their job and I got to do my job. You know what I mean? And it all kind of comes together. That's what I think has been made us so successful is that we can all count on each other, you know? I couldn't agree more to see it happen, but you got to do it also. Um, you got that Byron first round and then JR, Cruz, and Tasca and route to victory. Uh, JR, you're down in the 80s, and then it was low 90s to uh, get through the other two. Um, you know, walk me through the methodology uh, of whatever you think uh, is worthy of talking about. You know, JR was fighting for his countdown life right there. If he wants to win the championship, he really needs to take you out there. And and they turn to tires. And then, uh, you know, Cruz is still in the hunt. Like, they've been tough. JC over there has been really uh, strong. And, and that car and that team, I know you know them very, very well. And so preparing for them. And then, of course, Tasca with Mike Neff, uh, he basically saved his chances at any kind of championship by a strong performance. So uh, walk us through the methodology and especially the final. Dickie. Yeah, you know, uh, race day, we were real fortunate to have the buy run. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to try and keep Wayne Choice all day. Um, you know, not that the track, you know, it had great traction, but we felt like the bump out there that the funny cars are having to deal with was worse in the left lane. So we like the right. Um, so we had the wire run for a round and we were pushing, you know, we wanted to see how far we could, we could push the thing. And uh, unfortunately it came loose, you know, um, going up there for second round, JR, I think they had run 89 first round in the left lane. So, and they obviously had lane choice. So, I'm sure they picked that lane because they ran well over there, which allowed us to stay over in the right. Um, and then we were able to keep lane choice the rest of the day. But uh, it, it's just a matter of, you know, every, every run on Sunday was tough. You know, once, once you get past first round, um, you know, when you, when you run guys like JR and, and Cruz and Tasca, I mean, they're, they're all tough along with, you know, half a dozen other ones. So, um, you know, it was just all about taking it one run at a time, reading the racetrack and just making the adjustments and, uh, not making mistakes back in the pit. And, uh, you know, we ended up having a good day with a win. There you go. Now I can see Matt, but there he is. There's Matt. You're back. Um, how about your perspective of the final round, Matt, just you and Tasca, this is a big round. Uh, I always look at every round like this as a 40 point swing. Cause you gain 40 and then they don't gain 20. Or you gain 20, and then they don't gain 20, and so for, against each driver. So this was pretty considerable uh, going to the final round. And the team, you guys won Brainerd. You didn't race Indy. You won out there with uh, with Tommy at Maple Grove, and now you've won again. So this team is, like, performing at a very high level another final round. Walk me through the final, Matt. Yeah, you know, the final is always intense. You know, your adrenaline's up. You're trying to control your breathing. Um, you know, you – you don't want to get left on, you know, it just, I felt so bad for caps around before that, you know, when, uh, 
when he had like a you know 120 light against you know Cruz or or against Force. I'm sorry, Force. you know. And so you you keep that in your mind. You're going like, don't do that, you know. But it's just you got to go up there. It's not a think time. It's reaction time. And you know you got the car underneath you to 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 turn on the wind light. And um, you know not. And, and then the, I usually try to be thin, except for in the final, you know. So I, I you know, I, I grabbed some. Uh, I let the brake go a little bit and rolled on in, and you just shortening up the racetrack a little bit. But you know, it's still, you know, they're going to do that beside you. So you still have to have a good light, and you still have to keep it in the groove. And you're like, you know, the pressure is on in the final so much that you have to rise to the occasion because, you know, it, this is it. This is, you know, if you lose, your guys did just the amount of work as the team beside you did, and you don't get the extra, the bonus points. You don't get the you know, the extra points and, 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 you know, the bonus money and stuff. So, um, you know, when it all comes down to it, you know, you, it's just, it's just massive amounts of pressure. But like I said, dealing with the pressure is like, you know, your, your mentality, you know, and, and rising to the, the occasion, Dickie rose to the occasion and we ran really well. We probably ran at least 90 in the final or, or 89, you know, and, um, you know, it just, the car has been just unbelievably, um, consistent and and the performance is there so as a driver you know it's like man that puts even more pressure on you to step up and do your thing and you know you, you come out of a deal where tommy just won a race and you know makes it look easy man i was like damn anybody can drive this thing you know but no i mean tommy tommy is a great driver he's a great wheel man you know and i still say thank you to tommy because you know he kept us in position to where we had a really fighting chance you know especially after that that mistake that we had there in indy where we didn't get to soak up any points because of qualifying and stuff for tommy to stop in that car and dickie to perform um you know and those guys win it kept us in a hunt here you know to to be able to to come out here and really still fight for this championship and not be at such a disadvantage so it, it, makes it everything happens for a reason i mean i hate that i missed two races i mean it was it was unbearable and hard to watch you know but at the end of the day, it, everything, you know, worked out the way it's supposed to so far. And, you know, I needed that time to recover. I needed that time to, to get mental, you know, get my mentality back, you know, and to rest and to be able to breathe. And so, you know, I, I know it's kind of a crazy rule, but at the end of the day, there's been, you know, over the last 13 years that I've been driving one of these cars, there's been probably two or three times that I probably shouldn't have been in the race car, you know, like I was had a stomach flu or something like that. And, and you're just not a hundred percent. And that rule really allows you as a driver to say, hey, look, I'm not 100 percent. This is not good for everybody around me. I need to take this time to make sure that I can recover and heal and and get better. Um, you know, so I, I'm just so glad that my team performed the way they did. And it is such a team. You know what I mean? Like those even though they plugged another driver in there, Dickie still had to tune the car. The guy still had the wrench on the car. They still had to win every round like that. You know, and so I'm just I'm just proud of, of my team that they can go in there and plug a new guy in there and still go out there and turn the wind light on. And and, uh, you know, that just goes to show you how well, well old our, our team is. Amazing, amazing stuff. All right, let's talk Dallas. Let's look ahead to Dallas. This is a track where you guys have had some success. You got to be uh, licking your chops. Uh, I know you guys love those cowboy hats. You got a shot to go get another one and and ride on that giant uh well, what is it, Matt? It's a bow. What is it? It's like a, I don't know. It's a super, I don't, I've never seen a Longhorn that's that 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 big a horn. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't even know how they're getting there. You know what I mean? They must ride sideways in the trailer. <laughs> Definitely, but you guys have been been in the winter circle several times at this track, and uh, a win a win here. And I wonder, do you look at it like this? Uh, that would put 
a lot of people on the ropes, right? Like you would and an eliminate a lot of people from championship discussion with a strong performance, not even a win, but with a strong performance and narrow your competition for the championship. Yeah. I mean, you know, I personally don't look at it like that. I mean, yes, that would be nice. I approach it from the standpoint of we need to just try and keep doing what we're doing, you know, and that means going, going to the race, having all your stuff prepared and in order, uh, you know, equipment wise and, and going to the racetrack, just taking it one run at a time and take what the racetrack will give you, you know, the conditions and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, a big part of the way I approach it is, you know, I, I'm real big on, I think if you miss that first qualifying run, if you have to screw that up one way or the other, it puts you behind, you know? So, um, I like to go there, you know, get Q1 under our belt, look at the weather, look at the power that the engine made and just kind of see where you're at at that particular track and go from there. But, uh, you know, I mean, yes, a, a strong performance, that's our goal. And, uh, we plan on going there and, and doing our best to do that, but you never know, you know, we just got to stay, stay focused, stay consistent and go there and just do what we've been doing. No, it's been great to watch uh, gentlemen. Final thoughts. Yeah, I think me and Dickie talked about that quite a bit. Ahead, I think Matt. me and Dickie talk about, about that quite a bit on Friday, Friday run. It's just so important to, to, you know, the only three qualifiers a lot of times um, that that one of your belt, um, it, you know, back for that, you know, that qualifying session. Even when we had used to have four, it was always that mentality of come out with your first run and set yourself up for success for the weekend. And Dickie's done a great job of doing that, you know what I mean, reading the racetrack. And it's tough because you're, you're throwing a dart the first run. You don't really know out there what it's going to take. You got good data and you got all the notes to look at. But, you know, to go out there and really lay it down on the first run is is extremely tough, you know. And they've, they've done a great job of, of making the right calls and, and uh, you know, and, and getting the, the race car down the racetrack to get on the board and give us something to work off of. So there will be, from what I understand, there will be four qualifying sessions this race because the people at the Texas Motorplex are uh, adding to the to the purse, and they are also going to have some bonus money out there to shoot for. Um, does that change the way you race, like shooting for low of a session to get some bonus money? Maybe that's not part of the bigger strategy that you were just outlining. Like, how are you going to handle that, and what do you guys know about that? Well, it's not going to change my approach, um, you know, because I have my mind on the big picture, you know, um, and if you, and if you're happen to, to be low of whatever session that is that pays a bonus money, then so be it, you know, but <clears throat> I, I try and stay focused on making consistent runs, qualifying well, and just taking it one run at a time on race day. Matt, what about you? The fact that the Texas Motorplex going all out, adding money elements uh a session a qualifying session it's well, i i mean i gotta i can't help but have a good feeling about because i know how dickie's mentality is he's a throwdown type of dude i mean in the day you know i mean when we were able to set national records you know it was just one after another another be able to pull something tight in there and put my mouthpiece in and just going like 
this is going to be fun. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. He looks under the, the hood right there and he, we always grab hands, you know, right there, right before we fire the car up and just kind of like, you know, it's like, he looks at me and he's like, I got you. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm going to hang on to it kind of thing. So it's just, you know, it's, it's fun, man. You know, and if it works out great and if it doesn't, you know, no, no big deal, but it's one of those things where I just know and if we have an opportunity for the track to be there and things be, you know, uh, yeah matt we're break we're breaking up a little bit but we're right at the very end so i am going to say a bid farewell to you uh i appreciate you coming on the show matt and uh like this has been great i love seeing you guys together talking together like this i don't know if you can muster a uh a so long to the fans out there but thank you matt appreciate you congratulations I don't know if he's still with us. Yeah, I think we lost him. I think we <laughs> lost him, but that's okay. That is okay. He did. We got through it as the thing that mattered the most. And I yeah. thought he was, uh, he was great and seeing you guys work together. Now I did have a, before I let you go, Dickie, I had a couple questions come up in the comment section. I wonder if you're open for uh, answering them. Sure. Like, okay. Uh, Derek says, what, uh, what changes in your tuning when your driver is out and you have a lighter driver, like, uh, you know, like moving weight, is it just moving weight or is there more to it? Yes, it, there. It, it's about keeping the balance of the car. Um, you know, basically, when we put Tommy in the car, uh, there was two things we had to do. You know, one, you're dealing with accelerating a certain amount of weight, and that weight is less. So the, the clutch setup was a little different, meaning the clutch was lighter. It had to slip more, uh, basically, the whole run. And then the other thing is uh, the driver where he's positioned in the car is right over the rear end. So that's a pivot point. Um, you know, so what you have to do is you have to counteract that by either adding or subtracting weight from the front to keep the balance right. And, um, you know, we were able to, to keep the front light because Tommy wasn't as heavy in the back. Um, so really those two adjustments were, were the only thing that, that we had to do when the two different drivers were in the car. And you were able to figure that out in one day of testing? You know, we did. I, you know, Indy was a disaster. You know, it was just unfortunate when we got the one run, but that's the way it was. And Tommy got in the car and I felt bad for him. He got to do a burnout, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> he really wanted it to drive the race car. And, uh, you know, and honestly, I didn't have any confidence rolling into Reading that the car was even going to go down the track. So we got together with Don and, and you know, said, sure, you know, look, I, I'd like to make a couple of test hits uh, out, out at, at, uh, here in Indy. And we were able to do that. And, you know, it wasn't as big of a change as I thought it was going to be. But, yes, just those two runs made all the difference in my confidence, which is huge for a crew chief, you know. Um, it just uh, it gave us a lot better feeling rolling into Reading. Now, that makes that makes uh, perfect sense. Um when I ask you questions on the starting line, like I'm coming up to the crew chief and not just you, but any crew chief, like it's a real challenge for me because I really want to get something of value out of you guys. And you do a great job. You stop and you like, you're thoughtful and you debrief. Right. But it's gotta be very challenging because you just put together this amazing combination of factors and it either worked or it didn't work or it worked great. Or, and now here you got to talk about it. Like what's a good way to, extract 
that information that's, you know, respectful, but also going to like tee it up for you to tell us whatever you can tell us? Well, Joe, you know, you just have to ask me, you know, I can't speak for other crew chiefs, but I always try and take the time to, you know, give you the information that you want. Um, you know, a lot of times I may not really know what happened yet without seeing the data and whatnot, but I always try and give you, you know, the information that I have and, and, and what my gut's saying, you know, but, uh, you know, that, and I think it's important for the fans to know. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they're impressed by the speed and think it'd be cool to drive and, and all that kind of stuff. But I also think there's a certain number of people out there that, that uh, have an interest in, in what makes them tick, you know. And, um, you know, as far as what's a good way, you know, just come right out and ask. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you've done a great job. And most most have. Because, you know, you know where I'm coming from. Like, I just want something exciting for the fans to help us learn. That's it. Like, okay, situational. And it's very situational out there. The conditions, the session, uh, the weather, the track, all of these different things. I want to thank you for that. Uh, Dickie, thank you so much. Like, another question Monica wants to know. I think you answered this already. How many years have you been tuning cars? Isn't it like 40 years? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the business 40 years as far as actually tuning cars. My first crew chief job on my own was in 2004 with Tony Pendergon. But, you know, I worked with John Medlin and Austin Coyle and Bernie Federley and Guido was there, you know, a lot of years there at Forces. And, you know, back prior to that was several different dragster teams. And, you know, but my actual first crew chief job was in 2007. Wow. And then you and Tony Pettergon went out and won that championship in, uh, yeah, 2004 was my first year. We won in 2007. Yes. And you're also, you also had a a viral moment happen. You're kind of famous for. Uh, you might be referring to an incident at Indy. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. I might be one of the only people that, uh, was standing on the starting line that actually lost their pants completely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> You're lucky. Though. I don't like, wish that on anybody. That was, that was one of those moments where I thought, wow, this is embarrassing. And then I realized <laughs> I had some burns and stuff and it got more, a little more serious, but it's, it's fun to talk about and laugh about now. Well, and that's why I brought it up. I knew you'd be I great. About it. It's, but <laughs> wow, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? And Hey, till right now, because of that and many other things that I've seen, I am very uh, head on a swivel worried about where I am compared to the cars at any moment. Right. Like, cause even a fire up, something weird can happen like that. Don't ever turn your back on one of them. That's running on the starting line. That's the best advice I can give anybody because when that happened, I'd been doing it a lot of years, you know, and, it's just a reminder of how dangerous it can be up there and how much anyone up there should pay attention. There you go. And thank you for going there. Monica's like, you had to go there, Joe. Yeah, man. I don't know how many times Dickie's been on the show, but we've never talked about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. How's your dad doing? He's doing great. Thanks for asking. And as always, thanks for for having me on the show and always enjoy that and always enjoy talking to you at the races. 
Excellent. Likewise, and good luck to you and the team. Like I said, man, those guys have got the eye of the tiger right now. You can see the way they are uh, feeling it, and it's going to be tough for anybody uh, out there, but you know, you got to go do it too. There's still quite a few races left. We got four races That's right. left. That's a long way to go. Long We've way got to a go. Great team, though. Good group of guys. We're going to give it heck. Excellent. Dickie, thank you so much. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Joe. Later. There he goes. Dickie Venables with us here on WFO Radio. How about that? Put your comments in the comment section. Hagen texts me. It's like this, the uh, cell service was uh, sketchy, and I will respond. We good, right? Text language is really not grammatically correct. It's just the raw, most basic thing. Like, I mean, I could have spent a little more time crafting a perfect text, but he gets the gist right now. How great was that? That was just great stuff. Hearing the crew chief and the driver together debrief and kind of like work as a team here on the show. I really appreciate it. And thanks to uh, DSR for putting that together. And uh, they did a great job. And I wanted to shout out to uh, to Mike and Alex, who are there on the uh, side of the screen, the ones who aren't Matt and Dickie, because um, I talk to them a lot, right? Like when I have a question, uh, you know, what's this? What's that? What's the story? I'm trying to always increase my knowledge. I don't want to tune one of these things by any means. But the more that I know, the more I can understand what's happening and why. And they've been great. And there have been some others who have been really great in, in uh, taking me inside and showing me stuff, all starting off with uh, with Eric Lane right here, who really gave me a great education on the clutch and just like, this is what's happening and this is why it's important. All right, comments in the comment section, guys. Remember, we're going to be back at 3 o'clock. We're doing two today. Erica Enders is going to be on the show and we're going to talk to the First Lady of Pro Stock. That's right. They told her, Erica, if you're 10 or better, if you're 10 or better, we can't lose. And she's 10, right? Yeah. Just go be 10 or better and we can't lose. And she was 10 and they won by a thou. And how insane is that? How insane is that? We'll speak with Erica Enders and hopefully everybody will push out the show. But right now I've got to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to do it. Like, for instance... The Patreons, the WFO Patreons. We're getting new Patreons all the time now. People joining our secret society. Everybody heard me talking about like, uh, you know, the stuff that uh, I tell the Patreons, uh, you know, the Monday Motivation Show, which sometimes happens on Wednesday, where I give the, you know, insight, the professional insight to what's going on out there in the world and get everybody fired up. You can go to the website, WFORadio.com or Patreon.com slash WFO Radio. You can join. It doesn't cost very much. Also, reach out to Gary Pritchett. People have been asking me about is the is the big Maryland race is going to be streamed. And so far, the answer is no. And I don't know, but he's checking. He's checking to see if it's going to be streamed. See, to me, though, uh, man, there's geofencing. I would geofence that stream for like 300 miles. The I've seen the flyers now. There's going to be like 30 funny cars there. Why would you not go out Saturday night under the light, Bud's Creek, Maryland? Go find Gary Pritchett. Shout out WFO. Check out the Bunny Burkett car. Like, what a great thing. And depending on your region where you are, maybe you've got something closer to do. But if you're on the East Coast, that's where you should be. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, as far as the stream, if there is one, I will put it out there. But I would love to generate a huge crowd for such a great cause. I think that is great. Um, also, Nitro Fish, where you can get your WFO Radio t-shirt. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. I noticed that Travis Shoemake was in the, was in the comment section. 
And it sounds like he's staying to get his license, maybe Monday after the fall nationals. Um, a Frank Hawley graduate. And maybe you want to become a Frank Hawley graduate, or maybe you just want to hang with Frank and do the dragster adventure. Either way, go to frankhawley.com. Tell him you heard about it on WFO Radio. Jeff Arend is on the entry list. Jeff Arend will be running Dexter Tuttle's machine out there. Speaking of someone who is involved with Frank Hawley's drag racing school and a really good guy. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Blockhead CNC programs. Motorsport EFI tuning. All of that. Go to samtech.edu today for you young kids. Like that's the thing, man. You don't, you love racing, but you don't know what you want to do with your life. What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. Except that's a tough gig to get. Maybe you want to be a machinist and just rock on the weekends. Go to samtech.edu. Total seal piston rings, leader in ring seal technology. Do you guys want to hear who the, the, uh, I don't even know. Well, today, we're going to speak with Steve Schmidt, right? So pro stock legend, a big cubic inch legend, the guy heavily involved. We're going to speak with Steve uh, soon. But I just got another text like, who else is uh, interested? Gary Stinnett. Frank Iaconio. You don't want to miss hidden horsepower, guys. You don't want to miss hidden horsepower. All kinds of great stories, even if you're not geeking out on Ring Seal. Great stories. Greg Anderson is uh, acknowledged he's going to come on. Uh, all of those things. We're waiting for Greg to be the winningest pro stock driver ever. Uh, Totalseal.com. You can go to the website. If you're building an engine, it's really kind of a no-brainer. Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. Hot sauces and spice rubs. I hear that Rodak is making a special blend for a certain top fuel team out there. That's what I heard. Check them out. 817-924-6821. Uh, call Marvin. Hey, Marvin. Costello is talking to you. He's talking about you, and he's going to be down there at the Stampede of Speed. Yep, Marvin Rodak. You can go to our own WFO store and get a face covering. You can send a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box 848-353, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33084, and I'll put a couple of stickers in there so you can rock the WFO colors. And Sammy Eubanks, get this. You want to hear a crazy story? Sammy Eubanks is in uh, Supercuts in Brownsburg, and one of our other listeners is in there and Sammy is watching WFO and the other listeners like you're watching WFO and they're like watching WFO together while they get their haircut side by side. Like that's when, you know, things are going right. When look at this, Sammy just met a friend of yours here in Brownsburg, Brian fuel coop. Who's a Patreon been around for a long time. I'm waiting for a haircut and he heard me listening. How cool is that man? Multiple people like in that, that haircuttery, whatever it is. They should definitely get it going on. Here's one praying for jock. All right. So I hear jock is going to be okay. For those that didn't know the story, the cliff notes is jock was driving the rig. He was super tired. He pulled over to go to sleep. He got a, he's got some safety measures with him as anybody who's traveling over the road with thousands and millions of dollars of equipment should. And uh, in my opinion, and, uh, you know, fell asleep and had a weird incident and woke up and he did the Plaxico Burris. Yeah. But the word is that he's going to be okay and he'll be back with the team. But just craziness. Here's Travis Shoemaker. Travis says, true. He will be getting his finishing off his license at the Texas Motorplex Stampede of Speed. That kid, Travis Shoemaker, just watch. Go get that money, Travis. Because he's got a lot of potential. Um, you pulling the motor out of your race car this weekend. Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. Saturday morning, pulling that Pontiac engine out of the 78 Trans Am to begin the process. To begin the process. Like nothing else can happen until the engine is out. That way, let's say I decide to do something with the engine and have somebody go through it. And they say, bring it over. I can do it real easily. It's ready to go because I'm tired of messing around. And so we're doing it. We're pulling the engine. My friends, Corey and Lee are coming over and uh, bright and early Saturday morning. In fact, tomorrow I'm taking off an off day to focus on the car, which is WWFO social media, et cetera. So uh, that's going down, man. What is this? Okay, y'all, can Joe get 10 likes? 10 likes. I don't know what he's talking about. But yeah, how about some likes and shares, guys? Today is International Podcast Day. This podcast has been going for 10 plus years. We started in 2009, right? WFO Radio. And big thanks to the folks on Fox Sports 1 for showing, playing the audio clip and getting a little love out there. WFO Podcast. But not everybody is watching on YouTube and subscribing and clicking the bell. Many are audio-only podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This is a, a medium that has absolutely taken off, and I'm proud that we recognized early, early on, relatively speaking, like we weren't the first. Remember those rowdy guys that were on Jayski, the rowdy podcast way back in the day? Got to give them credit. Like in motorsports, they were the OGs, the rowdy podcast, but they stopped doing it for a while. Or they stop doing it in general. You know, it's hard. It's hard to make a go of it, especially when, you know, you don't have tons of listeners or you can't quantify it back in the day. People are like, podcasting, what's that about? There's a guy in his garage. You know, like always something negative to say. Well, now podcasting is obviously massive. It's huge. It's larger than life. Everybody is doing it. We got podcasts left and right. And through uh, great uh, technology like this, that you're actually seeing me in the WFO studios, and I can show you things and put pictures up on the screen. Bobby Fazio is asking me, like, how do I do that? Like, you can do it, man. It's easy, right? I am proud that so many people are now podcasting. And is I'm I the reason? Absolutely not. I'm not the reason. But I was, I was here kind of early and just banging my head against the wall, man, bashing it against the wall, bringing on great guests, doing interviews, creating content. And now there are so many podcasters out there that we actually have an audience and they're bringing people in who have never listened to a podcast. They don't realize that this mobile device is the key to the podcast world and that you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search WFO. And next thing you know, you never miss a show. And you can't always watch. It's really better for listening better for listening like matt hagan sound reasonably okay but if you saw him he well, it, uh, max headroom but the audio only folks are gonna love it now we also have erica coming up later on so we got to get out of here let's see what the final comments are and uh it'll be erica enders which i'm really expecting a big audience you know i took off yesterday for a hundred different reasons and Today with Hagen, the numbers are a little down, right? Like the algorithm, that rotten algorithm that holds you back. Why isn't WFO Radio promoted more at national events and national dragster? Well, you know, Mark, because I am not a gratuitous self-promoter. Like I respect the fact that NHRA pays me to work for them to be there. And it's not really my place to constantly promote my own thing. It's really kind of wrong. Now... When it's applicable, I mention it. 
me and Matt Hagan and Dickie Venables had a conversation on WFO radio last week where they say they take it one round at a time. And that's fine. But, you know, like you can overdo that. The reason I'm able to mention it so freely is because everybody realizes that I'm definitely not trying to take advantage of my situation. Definitely not. And for the first 10 years, I never did because I would never want to be seen as someone who is trying to take advantage of the situation. Maybe I should. I prefer to let the listeners promote for me. Is this a good show? Do you like what we do? Do you like the guests that we have? The fact that Erica is going to be on. Do you want to see more? Do it. That works better anyway. Because the host promoting himself, like who cares? Yes, Max Headroom reference. I need 10 likes. Keep 11, now 11. Everybody's liking. Good job, Lonnie. See, like this guy, Lonnie, he's doing it right. Evangelicalizing, is that the word? About the show. Getting out there, getting everybody fired up. Look at this. It wows me how you can recognize so many racers and remember their names. Yeah. Anthony Troyer has got a WFO sticker on his factory showdown car. Thank you for that. All right. We'll be back three o'clock with Erica. That's not long from now. We'll see you then. WFO.